Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Lou Landers, coming to you from L.A., and we're back after taking the week off last week. I am joined here by my co-host, Zach Sauer. Zach is a baseball and football writer with Major League Fantasy Sports. His articles come out every Thursday. He's also my co-host on the Major League Fantasy Football Weekly Show. You can check us out Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio. Zach, what's happening, bro? How you doing? Not too much, man. I'm doing wonderful. Uh, glad to be speaking with you again. Actually, on last uh, Saturday's show, I stated that, you know, I had a vacation from you for for two weeks. And um, in my whole 25 years of life, uh, it was probably my worst vacation ever, I must say. And I've gone on a lot of vacations. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna say it was, a, it was a pretty bad vacation from your brother, and I'm, I'm glad we're back on break this stuff down, um, no restrictions, and get into the smorgasbord of topics we got going on here. Well, Zach, I'm touched, man. I really am touched. <laughs> of course, like, what is life What is life without Lou Landers, man? I brighten everyone's life, you know? I'm, I'm like an array of sun. And that's, we <laughs> especially need that in Buffalo. Here now. Yeah, it's, I'm sure you do. Uh, I'm sure you do. It's although, cold although, here. Really, it's cold, huh? Because I know. Well, I guess you're not. I guess you're not New York City. Because I know in New York City, it's really hot. Yeah, well, can, compared to you know what it should be at this time of the year, um, we, we just had some like 80 degree temperatures a couple you know days weeks ago, and now it's back in like the 50s. So. Our blood was starting to warm up, and now I'm I'm wearing a hoodie and pants. So this 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 town's crazy, Global man. Global warming, man. Global yep. warming or cooling, I guess, depends on how you want to look <laughs> at it. Um, on, our, on our show today, though, man, we we got to talk about the NBA Finals. We got Game Five tonight. We have the Stanley Cup playoffs just ended last night. The Pittsburgh Penguins are the 2016 Stanley Cup champions. We're going to recap some MLB weekend series and discuss some other hot topics around sports, specifically the phenomenal right hooks of Mr. Ruth Neto Dor and Manny Machado. We'll be taking live callers, so if you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at 516-387-1306 and press 1 to enter the show. I want to take a quick opportunity to thank our partners at R&B Music, and at Major League Fantasy Sports, you can catch the Major League Fantasy Baseball Weekly Show on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also tune in to the Major League Fantasy Sports Baseball Show every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, Zach, I know you're not a huge, huge hockey guy. I'm sure you're a big Sabres fan, though. Um, Stanley Cup playoffs, always exciting. And uh, The Pittsburgh Penguins. Won the Stanley Cup last night. Very, very hard-fought series between them and the San Jose Sharks. And did you, were you able to catch any of the games? Did you catch any of the NHL playoffs at all? Yeah, I watched some of the you know NHL playoffs, and um, you know I, I would decide to watch NBA playoffs over 
over NHL, but if there's days off in between the NBA, NHL playoff hockey is really exciting. I mean, the guys just get after it and um, play with their hearts out. And actually, besides the Sabres, the Sharks, the Sharks are my my other team in in the West. So I was definitely watching the Stanley Cup. I mean, it stinks that Pittsburgh had to win, but they just they're the hottest team in March. The Penguins who are going into the playoffs as well. They had the rookie goaltender in Murray that uh, just stood on his head for most of the playoffs, and um, we we became so accustomed to see uh, the big name goalies, you know, really really catch headlines and, and carry teams. But um, it seems as this, as of if um, the last few seasons, it's been um, some of these newer goalies. Uh, Jonathan Quick, if you will, uh, Murray, um, the kid who who played for uh, San Jose, his name is uh, leaving me Martin right Jones. now, but Martin, Martin Jones. Jones, yeah, he was he, yeah, he, he was John Quick backup in uh, yep. in LA, LA, but there was no one to yep. play him, so he got uh, he got moved to the Sharks, and looks like it was a pretty right. good move um, for the Sharks, yeah. obviously. And I wasn't, I wasn't aware that you were a Sharks fan, but. Uh, uh, that is unfortunate that they uh, they weren't able to beat Pittsburgh. But like you said, Pittsburgh was hot, man. Uh, Mid-December, they were not even in the playoff hunt. They were not even right. a playoff team at that point. They started very coldly. Um, all of a sudden, Crosby came on. Malcolm came on. Murray uh, got into the net because Marc-Andre Fleury, the longtime Penguin goalie, got injured, um, with, I guess, with a blessing in disguise. Never want to see anyone get hurt. And most importantly, uh, one of my buddies, um, Bill Kessel, ex-Toronto Maple Leaf, um, really hit his stride finally in Pittsburgh as well, and really was their best um, offensive player, in my opinion, playoffs, and probably should have won the Conn Smythe Trophy. I have nothing against Sidney Crosby, of course, being from Canada, but um, I think Kessel or Murray, as you mentioned, who stood on his head all series long, really deserved the nod there. Um, but yeah, June itself, man, June is just a really exciting month for sports. You know, you got MLB draft, you got the NHL draft, you got the Stanley Cup, you got the NBA Finals. You're in the middle of the baseball season. I mean, uh, you got OTAs, and I mean, it's it, it's pretty exciting. It rivals October. Without question, without question, I, I agree with you. I think Kessel should have Kessel or Murray should have won the town tonight. Um, I think they. They catered to the big name there in Crosby, who um, was the third player um, in in recent time that has won the Conn Smythe without scoring a goal in the actual um, series, uh, that being Jonathan Taze and uh, the defender Scott Niedemeyer from the Ducks um, back in the 2007, I believe. So I think Kessel should have won it. He was playing uh, great all playoffs long and um, – as far as the Sharks, I mean, um, Joe Thornton, guys like uh, Jonathan Marlowe, uh, they've just been plagued their whole career of um, not being able to get it done in the playoffs. And, yeah, they, they finally have made it to a Stanley Cup and got that monkey off their back. Um, they weren't able to come through with uh, with the with the trophy. And I know a lot of the hockey experts um, had the, the Sharks winning the series and saw some some sort of edge that they had over the uh, the Penguins. But um, the games that I watched, the Penguins just looked twice as fast than the Sharks. And, um, you know, the Sharks had a deadly power play, but uh, in in their chances um, on the power play, couldn't get it done. Um, so I think the real X factor in the series was uh, Pittsburgh's penalty kill and keeping that um, really scary uh, penalty line with Pavelski, uh Marlowe, Thornton, Couture, Burns, uh, keeping them off the board in, in those odd man situations really helped the, the Penguins take home their fourth title. Oh, yeah, man. Special teams, especially come playoff time, is so clutch. And you're right. The Sharks' pen, um, power play throughout the entire playoffs was just incredible. But then the Penguins really shut them down. Great penalty killing. Um, you saw these guys sacrifice their body game in and game out, blocking shots. And that, that's, that's the way to win. When, when it comes to the playoffs, it's all about those special teams, blocking shots and sacrificing your body, hockey, you know, very physical game. And um, 
Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh deserved it. You know, they outplayed them. And you're right. Um, definitely a nice monkey off the back for Marlowe and Thorne specifically, who honestly have been trying to get to the Stanley Cup for about 10 years now in San Jose, if not longer. They've been, they, there, was, there was a while where they were the favorite a number of times in the Western Conference and couldn't even get out of the second round. And this was yeah. a pretty unlikely Stanley Cup matchup, too, because Pittsburgh was not expected to beat Washington in the second round, who won the President's Trophy this year as the best team in the NHL. And San Jose, I'm surprised to beat the Kings. I'm surprised, and I'm very surprised to beat the Blues, too. St. Louis was a hell of a team this year, too. So, yeah, um, definitely. That's definitely a surprising series, but a really well played and hard fought series because every game could have gone either way. Yeah, no doubt. There's one goal games uh, for a lot of that series, and um, yeah, yeah, you we'll can we'll... count empty net goals too. There yeah, right there. There was two. Uh, there was two right. games that ended because of the empty netters. Um, right. You know, like it was it, it was as tight as you could possibly get. I mean, it could have ended in four games, and it could have gone to seven games, but every game was tight, tight, tight. Unlike the NBA Finals that we'll uh, be talking about in a couple moments. Anything else you yeah. want to add in the hockey world? No, maybe um, just the thing you said about you know in the playoffs um, as well as just the the regular season um, hockey players continuing to give up their bodies. Can you imagine uh, just getting down to ground level of the ice without the cage, with no visor, man, and just facing 100 mile per hour slap shots, and, like just putting your face out no, there. These guys I are crazy. No, I could not, Zach, because, Zach, I definitely could not because I wasn't the greatest skater um, growing up. So I played a lot of goalie and more so even road hockey and that kind of stuff. I was goalie. And it hurts, man. When when you take when you take the, the ball or the puck off your arm or, you know, off certain things and you don't have, like, the proper padding, obviously I didn't because I'm not in the NHL. Um, it hurts, man. So I can't even imagine what it's like um, going going down and blocking a big shot like that. Uh, but you got to figure at a certain point, like feeling like especially like third period, like you're not even feeling that. You're the adrenaline right. is rushed so high, you're not feeling that till after the game. I'm sure these guys are sore. I'm sure they'll all be going to the dentist soon to get their teeth fixed as well, um, because most of them don't have teeth right now and I'm sure most of them will be shaving this morning or last night as well no more beers new smiles and lots of icing and uh, icing those bruises for sure Um, we'll miss hockey definitely but it will be back in uh, October and we we look forward to it let's uh, let's move over to the NBA finals and 3-1 Golden State Warriors series lead sorry yeah, right? Yeah. 3-1? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it is 3-1. Okay. So, it's going back to Golden State. Um, I mean, I think the series is over, even without Draymond Green playing tonight. Um, firstly, let's talk a little bit about that. What are your thoughts on that whole um, LeBron walking over him and, like, disrespecting him and then getting him suspended or, like, whatever? You know, it's um, it's kind of turned into a bit of a soap opera, the NBA Finals. Yeah. Definitely, and you know uh, as well as anybody, if you listen to the show, that I am a LeBron enthusiast, and he's my favorite athlete in the world. But uh, you don't step over somebody like that. That's I don't care if I don't care if it's a bench player that plays two minutes a game, or if it's Draymond Green, who's a, an All Star, um, an MVP type caliber player. You just don't disrespect somebody like that. He said, yeah, I was trying to get back in the play. Bullcrap. There there was nothing going on, really. The ball was in the corner. He could have easily stepped to the side and went around that way, but he decided to um, disrespect and make little of Draymond by, by stepping over him. And um, I know they're friends off the court, and they have a um, – they actually, like, started a business together. It's called, like, Uninterrupted. Um, but you just don't do that. It's, it's, it's disrespectful to step over somebody, and, and you know that. Um, 
And then as far as, you know, Draymond's reaction, I mean, I would have done the same thing, and that's what all his teammates said as well. I mean, I think what you saw there was him, you know, swinging his arm a little bit, ended up hitting him in the groin area. But if you look, I mean, when Draymond's getting up, his face is, like, facing the floor. So it's not like he's seeing what he's kind of swinging at. He kind of just lifts his arm up in it. And it uh, unintentionally hit him in the groin. I do think he was, you know, trying to swing at him a little bit, but not going for the groin area. Um, and then, yeah, after the game, LeBron went out to, on his own to say, I, I, and I'm sure someone um, told him to do it or made him aware that if Draymond got another flagrant foul, that he'd be missing the game. So um, either he was cognizant of it or someone made him aware and he he made a post-game comment and said, you know, well, we're going to let the league handle it. Everyone saw it in the locker room. We know what we saw and, you know, we'll let the league take care of it in terms of, uh, you know, suspensions or what have you. But as I said all along, I love LeBron, but he's a big baby um, and NBA caters to him a lot. And uh, I think they did here as well. Um, but I'm in agreement with you. I think uh, Golden State still wins the game and really wants to just be like, hey, we don't even need him and we're still going to beat you. So I think it's just more more motivation for Golden State to come out hot, and I think we'll see that tonight. Oh, well, most of these games haven't really even been close either. I mean, they have, like both teams are exciting to watch, but both, neither of these – I don't think any of these games have really been that exciting, um, so at least from – Start to finish, if if uh, if if you feel me on that one. And do you think that the Draymond suspension? I know another um, um, flagrant foul, um, obviously gone the suspension. But I mean, it all it doesn't it doesn't hurt that um, he has um, a previous, I guess, event. Not an event. um, A previous time during the playoffs where he um, hit someone in the groin area as well, um, so to speak. And, um, you know, that's that's why it was probably so easy to make an example out of it because it's like, well, now, you know, this guy's a vicious player because he goes after guys' groins, you know? Like, right. if, yeah. if his arm swung into LeBron's shin or LeBron's shoulder or whatever, no one's even talking about it. Right. Yeah, I mean, so he did, he kicked Steven Adams in the groin area, and you could argue whether that was intentional or not. Um, but then, yeah, in the first series, uh, with the Houston Rockets, there was a playoff of the ball where he pretty much tackled Michael Beasley. So he had things under his belt. Um, and, yeah, second, second thing going um, at a man's pride and joy, which... Um, you know, for all the male listeners, we know uh, that getting hit um, in that in that vicinity is probably the worst pain you can endure outside of, you know, serious, serious injury. Um, you know, if you were to take a punch anywhere, that, that's the last spot you want to take it. So um, I think the NBA, like you said, um, saw that he was a uh, second-time offender in, in that respect um, in the third-time um, offender in terms of flagrant one-type fouls, which um, even in the regular season will get you a a suspension if you if you have you know two flagrants in a game, a flagrant two in a game, or consecutive flagrant ones um, like like Draymond has. So they'll be without him tonight. Um, you can't you can't be on the court two hours before uh, the court, but he will be allowed to join the team um, right after the final whistle. So if Golden State were to win, um, we will see Draymond on the court celebrating with his teammates, which I think is a a good move by the NBA. I don't think they should, you know, suspend him from from the the facility for the, the whole night and not let him celebrate with his team for those actions. So I think while the NBA had to do what they had to do in terms of um, suspending them. I think they they did it, made a good call of um, 
letting him be able to celebrate with his team if, if they do, in fact, win it tonight. Now, what if Cleveland goes out there and upsets Golden State tonight? What if they win? Then they go home and get another game where we saw them beat Golden State by 30 points. Um, series can get real interesting in that respect, but I do think Golden State um, wins it tonight, but it's just food for thought. If they do get a win tonight, they go back home and maybe can make this uh, this series go seven, and then you never know what happens um, in a game seven. Yeah, oh, I'm with you on that one, man. I still think Golden State will win this series. It'll either be tonight in game five or in game seven. I do think that if Cleveland can get it back to Cleveland, they will win um, that game. I think I think the crowd will really give them a huge boost. Uh, but also, I mean, Golden State's not going to lose three in a row. They didn't lose three in a row once all season. They're not going to do it now. Um, right. So, I mean, it's the they're just a better team. Period. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Cleveland's that good of a team. They have some great players, but they're not really a good team. Um, Golden State's yeah. a great team, and they have great players. And if Cleveland was in the Western Conference, I know you love LeBron, and I like LeBron too, but if Cleveland was in the Western Conference, I think they're, they're more of a four seed. Yeah, they'd probably be sitting at a four or five seed right now, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I like it's just, to me, it's, it's, to me it, it was really a mismatch from the get-go. I don't think Cleveland would have beaten OKC. I don't think Cleveland would have beaten the Spurs. Um, and straight up, like, I'm waiting to see if LeBron's going to be in Cleveland that much longer. He might go back to South Beach. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, I think we see Kevin Durant and LeBron sign one-year deals with their respective teams. I think Durant will stay in OKC for one more year. Uh, LeBron will stay in Cleveland for one more year because – after after that year is when the big TV money hits, um, and that's when those guys are some of these guys are going to look to rejoin forces with whoever it may be. But the, that's when the big big money is going to be out there. So I expect uh, KD to to sign with OKC and and LeBron to sign another one year deal with with Cleveland like he's done the whole time because he knew this this time was coming in terms of the big money. Um, and that's why he's been just signing one-year deals, one-year deals until um, this big next contract that he's going to get. How about how about this bold prediction? The L.A. Lakers in two years sign LeBron James and Kevin Durant. That would be pretty insane, but I I would be up for it, and it would make me a Laker fan, I guess, because I, I love LeBron I hate James. the Lakers. Even. I hate the Lakers, but man, I go to see a bunch of games. Living in LA, yeah. if they had the fan LeBron and Durant, I'd go to at least ten games a year. Easy. Yeah, I mean, I'd be. I mean, I'd come out there for one or two, for yeah, because uh, that would be amazing to watch. Certainly, um, I do hate the Lakers as well. I like the Clippers, but uh, it would have to make me somewhat of a Lakers fan. I would definitely get a LeBron Lakers jersey for sure. Like a hundred percent. We can dream. We can dream. Yeah, exactly. We can de- we can definitely dream. And uh, I mean, that's the thing about the NBA, though, man. And we've talked about it before. It's like you bring in two two players, and you can become an instant contender. No other sport is like that. Right. Definitely. Yeah, you can't bring you it. Need in. To have you need uh, to have a core. You can bring in two players and be a lot better. But you still need to have a core there, not in the NBA. You have two or three yeah. good players on your team, and you're you, you're uh, a contender. Yeah, you can't simple. bring in a right. You can't bring in a, a Lamar Miller and a, a, not a Brock Osweiler, but say a, another a, yeah. a stud wide receiver. You can't just bring in a running back and a wide and a stud wide receiver and be like, "Hey, we're playoff bound this year." I mean. It's just that's just not how it happens. I mean, you, you got guys like Josh Gordon, who is an amazing receiver, and it doesn't do anything for a team's record. Or, you know, we've seen a bunch of just just Matt Stafford. I, I think we'd both agree that Matthew Stafford is an above-average quarterback, and Calvin Johnson is probably one of the best receivers of all time. Um, if not, and the best we've seen for at least a three or four-year span. 
Right. And, uh, you know, they made the playoffs, what, once or twice? And what exactly. bounced in the first round? So, it's, it's yeah, you're right. NBA is probably the only sport that where you have two really, really good guys, you're – you can go as far as far as they take you, whereas pretty much every other sport, you need a, a team effort. And some people listening might think, oh, what about the San Francisco Giants? They went out and signed the two big pitchers, blah, blah, blah. But that's my point about there already was a core there. The Giants were already a good team. They already had Madison Bumgarner. They already had Buster Posey and Hunter Pence. That infield with Duffy and Crawford, Panic and Belt. I mean, that was a great team already that went out and brought in two phenomenal pitchers to complete their team. But yeah, it's not you know it's not like like if let's say um, let's say a team like the Padres went out or the Phillies or the Braves went out and brought in Cueto or Samarja, they'd still be in last place. Yeah, I mean, just look at the, what the Padres tried to do last year. They brought in Shields, they brought in Kemp, they brought in. Melvin or BJ Upton, who whatever one you want to call, um, they tried Kimbrough. to to make a Kimbrough and and look at what they did. They they ended up being sellers at at the selling time, and uh, you know you, like you said, you need a you need a, a starting core there to to add those pieces and and make make do with them. You can't just go out and buy 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 and expect it to to work out for you. You can in the NBA though, and uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll find some way to change that a little bit. But I'm not really sure yeah. how they can, unless right. all of a sudden they they make the course bigger and it becomes seven on seven. Wouldn't that would be something? That would be pretty crazy. That would be pretty crazy. Let's, uh, let Let's move over to uh, some baseball though before we get to some recaps from the weekend. I, we want, I know you wanted to talk about it, and you brought up a good point to me uh, yesterday when we were discussing um, today's show, and that's um, the brawls and the benches clearings and all the hated rivalries that we're seeing more of nowadays around Major League Baseball. Um, and, of course, I'm referring to the Manny Machado punch, uh, Jordano Ventura, last week. Um, Ventura threw Machado. Machado didn't like it rushed the mound, knocked him in the face, and it kind of reminds <laughs> us of uh, Rufnet Odor when he knocks Batista um, in the face, and a second punch thrown by a star middle infielder in the last month. And um, I guess the, the question is, and you, you posed it to me yesterday, and I'm, I'm really not sure exactly what I think about it just yet. I, I think I have mixed feelings, but do you think this type of action or I don't want to say violence because it's not really violence like yeah it's a punch but like it's you know it's not um it's not like super serious or anything these guys are big boys they can take care of themselves uh do you think this is a way that uh younger viewers might become more interested in baseball or do you think it may turn people off of the sport because maybe parents might find that it is a little violent and they don't want their kids watching it. Like, do you think this is going to have an effect one way or the other? Well, the reason I pose it, and like, if you think about it, yeah, I've heard, I've heard the argument that, oh, these two punches, that's, it's not safe. It's going to, it's going to make parents not wanting their kids to watch it because there's violence in it. Think about every other sport out there that is is heavily viewed in in the U.S. Even like we're looking at hockey, which we just talked about, which the main a main byproduct of it is fighting. Um, football, it's vicious hitting all game long, and then basketball, there there's good um, physicality going on there. Maybe not punches thrown, but there's scuffles in every game. Um, guys getting and after guys it. Getting hit. In the groin, a bunch in the too, groin so. too. Um, but uh, you, I know you said you have mixed feelings about it, and this is where I'm gonna just differentiate um, myself from you a little bit. Um, you being, you know, the more diehard baseball enthusiast, whereas um, my reason for following baseball is is um, surely um, based on fantasy baseball. 
Um, it's the only reason I follow and watch baseball is because of that. I don't have a, a hometown team that I, I want to really catch every game for. I mean, I do. I like the Marlins and Dodgers, but I'm not going to go out of my way to to um, find a, a game or go and buy the MLB ticket to be able to, to watch every single game of those. But if if there were more things like this to happen, we see, I mean, for the last 10 years of my life, I've watched SportsCenter every night before I go to bed, nothing else. I haven't watched another TV channel um, besides a, a, a sport or SportsCenter. I mean, if I'm with my fiance, I let her handle the remote till seven, eight, nine o'clock until she goes to bed, and then I'm I'm watching sports the rest of the night. So, um, in 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 my time, I can't remember in the last maybe ten years or so that I've seen two punches thrown in baseball that were like this direct. Yeah, maybe benches have have cleared, um, but there hasn't been anything to to this level. Um, and yeah, it. It shows violence, but you know what else it shows? It shows that it's all right to stick up for yourself once in a while, and that's also a way of life. You can't let everyone walk all over you all the time, and um, the, these two guys showed that. Um, we know Yodana Ventura is a punk. People have known that for a long time, and Machado thought he threw at him, and he went out there and said, hey, you're not going to throw at me. You're not going to have any retaliation. Um the the thing with Joey Bass, yeah, make, came from a, a bat flip that was uh, somewhat disrespectful, if if you want to call it that. Um, I think it's the new way of the game that we're seeing, but um, to the to the more old school privy, um, that might have been disrespectful. And um, Odor wasn't having it, and it, and it looked like kind of a preconceived plan that he had. Um, but I think you know. With baseball struggling for viewership, um, this make this might make me watch more games if I'm if I'm seeing more of these things happen, um, and I think it makes the game more exciting. And I think for the younger crowd that is that is more in tune to watching basketball or maybe hockey, um, that these things are, are um, a gauge for for excitement. And I think that um, you you can gain viewership if not necessarily we see more punches per se, but if we see more hated rivalries, if we see if we see teams go after each other, little scuffles, little bench cleaning brawls where there's not there's not significant punches thrown, but you know guys uh, willing to run out of the dugout real quick and and chirp a little bit. Um, I think it would it would get the young viewer, you know, maybe the 18 to to 25 year old. Um, niche more interested in baseball, um, but I think you do Zach, also make a great Zach, point that see, it turns people away. Dude, if you want to see an awesome brawl, maybe you've seen it before, but it's amazing. Um, you should Google the Yankees and the Orioles brawl from 1998. It goes on for like seven minutes. It actually ends up going into the dugout. Like it is insane. I thought Daryl Strawberry yeah. was going to kill somebody. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely check that out for sure. I highly suggest checking it out. I'm writing it over. down right now. <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is it is epic. It is one of the greatest balls, brawls I, I've never seen in any sport, in like anything. It is it is unbelievable. Um, but yeah, man, you, you aren't you aren't wrong there. Like I I totally understand where you're coming from, um, and I think both punches were warranted, because also remember, it's not like Batista was running to second and Odor was just like, hey, I'm going to punch him on the way there. There was a vicious right. slide <laughs> Odor felt. Yeah. There was a vicious slide by Batista. Batista got in his face then, because they started talking, got in his face, and Odor, you know, punched him. Odor defended himself. He's a small, smaller dude. And, yeah, Jordano Ventura has had this coming since last April, since April of 2015, um, when he was throwing, throwing at guys. And I remember I, I, remember I was very, very um, clear about I was writing on Facebook and Twitter and on the shows. I was like, someone just needs to, to, knock, to knock this guy in the face. He's a little dude, and just and it's it's one thing for him to try and hide behind this huge catcher in Salvi Perez, but if you get this guy alone in, in, in like an alley up against a big guy like Machado or someone else, he'd get manhandled. 
And Machado yeah. went out. And Machado said, listen, pretty much said, listen, bro, if you're going to throw at me, I'm going to knock you in the face so you don't do it again. And I guarantee you, your Donald Ventura <laughs> probably will not be throwing at Manny Machado or anyone on the Orioles again. Yes, that's, that is for sure. Now, um, I think you also made a great point, though, for, for someone who's more of a baseball enthusiast and, and maybe an, uh, an originator, like, like likes the older style, likes the older rules of the game. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the viewership is still in baseball um, with some of the older crowd. Um, do you think it is potentially, um, you know, shying some people away from it because, like you said, they don't want their – they're maybe young kids, not not the age I was saying, you know, the 18 to 25, but, um, you know, maybe a 45, 50 to 60-year-old guy that has a, a 10 to 12-year-old kid doesn't, doesn't want them to see it. And I, I could see viewership skewing that way as well, like you mentioned. Yeah, and see, and Zach, when I, when, what I was talking about is I don't think that, I don't think that the parents are afraid of kids seeing violence, because violence is all over the place in the news, God forbid, um, you know, some, after what happened in Orlando the other day, um, you know, obviously our thoughts and prayers are all with all those people, but there's violence everywhere. My thing is, you're trying to teach young kids the game of baseball. You don't want them to think that it's okay to do that in, like, an amateur game or a little league game, because that's, right. that's not safe. You know, and yeah, that's, that, that thing, they will emulate what they see on, on TV. And if they see right. there's their, especially when it's Machado, a guy who is a superstar player, um, that, that's not good because a lot of people look up to him and they'll say, oh, I want to be like Manny Machado. And all of a sudden, you're just going to start seeing brawls in Little League. And that's the thing that I worry about um, from a you know that's it's just a different it's just a different outlook on it I guess. Um, no, that's a great point. I totally point, agree with, with what Machado did though. I understand what he yeah. did. It's just you know hopefully parents um, are able to explain to their children like you know this isn't okay behavior for you. Right. Because yeah, because they want kids. It could definitely be possible. Um, you know, right after coach pitch, you know. Is uh, is kids pitching their first time at maybe I remember pitching at whatever thirteen years old, um, and I didn't have I I could throw really fast, but I didn't have good accuracy at all, and I was I was plunking kids left and right, um, and you know I didn't mean to do it like you know, you know Donovan Sarah did, um, but yeah you don't want your thirteen year old kid getting plunked and then being like oh I saw Machado do this and next thing you know we might see more of more of that because of this, but I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it's going to be solely based on um, parenting, and uh, oh, that's really not our forte here with us two guys, but, Zach, but Zach, um, I can tell you, I can tell you, when I used to play baseball, I um, I crowded the plate, I was all over the plate, and I used to get hit a lot, not once. Yeah. And go towards the mound. I would get hit by my pitch. I would walk over to first base, take my base, and keep playing the ball game because that's how I was supposed yep. to play baseball. Same here. Did you rub it though? That's the question. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Actually, and there was one. The one. There was one time. I remember I was 16. I got hit in the head. Um, and it was I, I, it was it was scary for a moment, but you know what? But that's what the helmets are for. And I wasn't yeah. lucky. I wasn't facing a guy that could throw in the nineties. Maybe he was throwing high fifties or sixties. Right. Maybe. So, you know, it yeah, wasn't uh, it wasn't the end of the world. That's actually. But the even only, that, you know, uh, I got hit in the head, and I didn't get right. up and try and try and attack the guy. I you know I took my base. He he made sure he's like, hey, are you okay? That was it. Right. That's the way you want kids to be playing the game. I totally yeah. understand why why Machado did what he did, but the kids have to understand, and people have to understand that it's different. Um, there's different circumstances, and Machado Machado wasn't necessarily just standing up for himself. He's standing up for his team, and he's he got his team going, and um, you know it, it was more of that. 
it was more of that than anything else, I think. He just wanted to make a statement for the team. And same thing with Odor with his punch. And, I mean, I do think we will continue to see this kind of thing happen, though, because I think a president has kind of been set at this point. Right. Um, and I don't think guys are going to shy away the way that they used to. And also, what's interesting is that stuff like this probably used to happen quite a bit. But before social media and before every game was nationally televised and, and everything, um, we didn't hear about it about it as much. Right. And yeah, that's I, I know, I, I know guys like Ty Cobb used to used to slide into every base, spikes up. He was a nasty, vicious, vicious player. But you don't hear about right. that as much as that he was a he was you know he was an all star and a great player because right. he just you didn't see it as much. If Ty Cobb played yeah. now and played like that. Be suspended once a week, be all over Twitter and yeah. Instagram and Facebook and blah blah. Right, so it's just it's different times. Is all. Yeah, right? it's totally different times. Totally different times. Um, you won't hear that that kind of stuff um, happening, like you said. But I was just saying, you know, it's the only. I I was a multi-sport athlete at at my high school and um not boasting, a, a pretty good one at that. And the only record I held for any sport at my high school was most hit by pitches. And I, I still hold that one to this day, and I'm, I'm proud of it. I wasn't the greatest hitter. Um, I was known more for my fielding and speed. So I, I was the leadoff guy, and I would crowd the plate and lean in and try to try to take one. Um, and, yeah, it was it was just... Like you know, uh, the pitcher would say, "Are you okay?" And I would go down, go down my base, and try not to rub it. And while the dugout screams, "Don't rub it!" And um, yeah, I mean that's that's how the game should be played and controlled at the the lower levels. And um, you know, hopefully, coaches and, and parents will do a good job of that. But um, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, like you said, the the social media world out there. Um, we'll know if if stuff like that happens in in little leagues or 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 you know lower levels of baseball. And I actually did see something on on I think it was Twitter, um, and it said like the tagline of it was little league team and coach should be suspended for this. And it looked like the kids were ten years old. Um, there was a play coming at the plate, and the kid just went out and absolutely tackled the catcher, didn't even slide, wrapped up the catcher and, and absolutely destroyed him. So um, it, we'll definitely be aware if, if things like this are, are going to happen more because of the the social media in the world these days. Absolutely. And I didn't hear about that, but I'm, I'm going to go check that out as you go check out the uh, Yankees and Orioles brawl. Um, we'll, and then we'll be able to exchange stories. But uh, yeah, like that's, that's really unsafe. You, you don't never want to see that kind of stuff um, happen at any level of any sport. Um, especially, you know, it's one thing, you know, violence is going to happen because boys, men, whenever they're playing sports, but you never want to see anything happen on purpose. You don't want anything, you, want to, you don't want to see any malicious behavior. You know, things will happen, but you never want to see it premeditated or, um, anything like that because it's just, you know, people need to have respect for um, their fellow, their fellow men and or women for sure. But let's, uh, let's go over to some uh, actual MLB baseball, actual games themselves. And interestingly enough, we talked a little bit about Machado of the Orioles and Batista of the Blue Jays. These two teams matched up this weekend in Toronto. A very good series as well. Blue Jays, um, bats starting to come alive here for the Blue Jays a little bit, even without Jose Batista. Um, Edwin Encarnacion is starting to get hot, and he looks like he might have one of those months where he just carries the entire team. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. Um, and, and like I said, my reason, my, my reason for following baseball is it's solely proprietary on, on on the fantasy world, and I, I love it so much. Don't get me wrong. I love baseball for that fact. Um, it's one of my favorite sports because of fantasy baseball. I think it's 
uh, a lot more interesting than, than fantasy football. There's way more moving parts. Um, and it, it, I think you have to be a better player um, to win a fantasy baseball league than you do a fantasy football league. Would you not agree? I would say so, man. I would definitely but anyway, say so. In, in Carnacion, I think, had, had a year like this maybe last year or two years ago where he was sitting 195 or wasn't hitting at all, and then he turned it on and he ended up hitting whatever, 36, 37 home runs by the end of the year. And I think people were trying to trade him off. But, um, yeah, it, it looks like it's that time. Uh, the Blue Jays scored 30 runs in this series, man, 30 runs, and that's without Jose Bautista, who has – on his own has, has struggled somewhat. Um, but, you know, Saunders had a good series. Pilar had a good series. It's just all the Donaldson, all these guys are hitting right now, and that's that's what we thought the, the Jays were going to do this year. They hadn't yet. I um, mean, it looked like Boston had taken over that role as well as the Orioles, who they faced, um, who have some crushers of their own. Um, Crush Davis, who's on a five-game home run, run streak of his own. But, yeah, you're... Yeah, and Adam Jones is heating up, too, man. Adam Jones has been hitting a lot of balls lately, too. Um, Still hitting in the leadoff a lot, too. Yeah. Quite interesting um, as well. And, yeah, the East is a very interesting team because no one's going to run away with this, um, the AL East. And, I mean, each team has glaring weaknesses, in my opinion. Um, And... I'm really not sure if anyone, like I said, is going to be able to pull away. I think the Orioles um, probably will find their way back into third or fourth place, though. I think the Blue Jays and the Red Sox are the uh, cream of the crop in this division, uh, especially if the Blue Jays continue to get the pitching that they've been getting. I think the Orioles' pitching is going to start to let them down much, much more um, than it has been so far because Chris Tillman's been great and Ubaldo hadn't been terrible until – uh, very recently, it was awful yesterday. Yeah, and so bad. I just don't really, I don't really trust this Orioles pitching staff at all. Um, I think it's the worst in in the division, and I, I, I just, I, I don't see them being able to maintain the pace they had in the first half. Uh, Mark Trumbo has been incredible for them, but even he cannot. There's no way he can keep this pace up. Um, and I, I think pretty sure right now he's on pace for like 44 home runs and 120 RBIs or something and like a 290 average. No way that happens. Yeah, there's, there is no way that happens. And they, I think I agree with you. Um, they're, what they got from, from Chris Tillman thus far is great. And he's really, last two years has been really a surprise of how well he's pitched. But Ubaldo is, is going to Ubaldo himself just like he did yesterday. Um, Kevin Gaussman is is a good pitcher, but uh, the Orioles have just had had trouble um, developing young pitchers. They, I mean, look at Jake Carrietta. Look at what he's done. Um, he was in the Orioles camp, and um, that's that's word on the street in, in Maryland right now is their team can't develop young pitchers. Um, and let's see if they can do that with Gaussman, who, who had a lot of hype, but. Um, Hasn't really pitched greatly this year. Um, Maybe they should trade Gosman to the Cubs. Yeah, right. Bro, because I've spoken to a bunch of Orioles fans, and we've had a couple Orioles fans on the uh, baseball shows, and they all say they don't understand how Arietta is so good because he just was not that good of a pitcher in Baltimore. And I, and I, I remember because I think I told you I play in an AL only league. I follow the AL East closer than any other division because I'm a Yankees fan. And I used to see Arietta, and there was all this hype. It was him, him, Zach Britton, Brian Mattis. Those three guys all came up around the same time. Britton ended up being a very good closer. Mattis, I don't even know where he is now. But Arietta stunk, got moved over to the Cubs, and now he's the best pitcher in the world. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 it, it really doesn't even make sense. Um, I understand guys pitch better in certain um, certain places with certain teams with certain management, but this is like a polar polar opposite, like in a complete 180. He was one of the worst pitchers, honestly. I believe I believe he got pulled from his 
third inning, giving up like six or seven runs for the Orioles, was traded like three days later to the Cubs. Like, right. and that, that, that was like the norm for this guy. He couldn't get through five innings. Well, then, the, so, then they had like Dylan, Dylan Bundy, who was a big prospect, right? Who um, is yeah, now their bullpen. Yeah, they have Hunter Harvey, who we'll see what happens with him as well. Yeah, but that's that's uh, a lot of a lot of what I've heard is the the, the Orioles not being able to develop the young pitching staff. But um, yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens with that team. But I think they fall back in the third place as well. I think the Jays start to hit. Um, they've gotten good um, pitching, um, but the one thing. Here, um, we saw Aaron Sanchez get the win yesterday, although giving up six earned runs. Um, he's arguably been their best pitcher this year. Um, not even arguably, he has been their best pitcher. But um, since the start of the season, they said that he's going to be on an innings limit and he'll go back to the bullpen at some point. Do you see that happening if, if the Jays get themselves back into first or second place and find themselves in – in the playoffs, do you think they put Sanchez in the bullpen, being their best pitcher this year? I think they'll have to, and I'll tell you why. I think that he's just going to start to fade a little bit. I don't think you're going to see the same pitcher in the second half of the year that you saw in the first half of the year, and that's because he, he's going to tire out. He's, already, he's going to get a tired arm or dead arm, as they call it, and um, he'll be more of a detriment in the starting rotation if that's the case than he would be right. not being in the starting rotation. The only question is, who's going to take that spot? That is the yeah. difficult uh, question, because Gavin Floyd is not the answer. Gavin Floyd's been pretty good in the bullpen for them, but um, I don't see him being the guy. I mean, maybe. I'm pretty sure Drew Hutchison is still in the minor leagues. Um, you yeah. know, he was he was supposed to be a big part of the team last year, so he's a potential candidate. But, you know, the days have traded away most of their good pitching prospects over the last couple of years. Yes. They traded away Hoffman and Castro to the Rockies. They traded away Norris to the Tigers. So, I mean, I'm not sure what else they have down there um, in the minor leagues to really come up and make and replace this. Um, it, actually, J.A. Hap might be their most consistent pitcher right now. Yeah, he's 7 Even more three so than Sanchez. Maybe not right. dominant Sanchez, but probably the most consistent. Yeah, certainly seven and three, and um, we we won their their third game of the series. I think he gave up three earned runs, but he walked nobody, and that, that's the key to not giving up a bunch of runs is not giving free passes, and that's what half has done for them. So, meanwhile, that that big lucrative contract, a lot of people laughed at um, for the Blue Jays uh, signing half, but uh, he's I, I was one of the people that laughed a hundred percent. I couldn't believe it. He, as was I, uh, but, but so far, I, I think he's he's lived up to to the dollar. Um, so oh, far. absolutely, and more, and more based on what these guys could pay today. Let's go over to uh, the. I have two more matchups I really want to talk about. One's the Dodgers and Giants. The other is the Rangers and Mariners. We'll start with the Dodgers and the Giants. Easily the top two teams in the NL West. Um, I think the Giants are the second-best team in the National League. I know Washington's been great um, so far, but come playoff time, I like the Giants over the Nationals for sure. And obviously the Cubbies are the best. Um, Dodgers have some question marks. We know they can hit a little bit, and we know they can pitch a little bit, but they don't do either one well enough, in my opinion. Yeah, they they don't really do well uh, with either of those past, you know, Kershaw, um, there's a bunch of, I mean, Maeda has pitched well, really well to begin the season. And then, you know, one team's got the book on them. He, he kind of got roughed up a little bit. Kazmir's kind of, um, Jekyll and Hyde, they'll have one good start, one bad start, one good start. And then with their lineup, I mean, there's just not really enough there, especially at the back end, um, not enough to scare a team or keep, keep them in the game. I I can't remember too many games this year where the Dodgers have scored six to eight runs. It's a lot of what, what I saw this series with them winning games three to two um, if they have to, or four to three. 
Um, obviously, Kershaw's best pitcher in the game. He went eight eight innings pitched with 13 Ks, but Cueto uh, went toe-to-toe with him in eight innings pitched, eight, eight Ks, and uh, Jacob Turner had the home run in the ninth that got the win. But other than that, like I said, behind Agons and um, Trace Thompson, who who is um, played hot as of late, um, they don't really have much else. And, and the thing with Trace Thompson, they haven't too, gone is... They Seager either that they would have hoped for. Um, right. Not bad, but he certainly hasn't been as good as, um, as people would have expected. The experiment right. with Howie Kendrick in left field has been okay, um, not too great. Jock P- Peterson continues to not make enough contact. Um, they have some issues offensively. And even the youngster, um, Urias, who no doubt is going to be one hell of a pitcher one day and has nasty stuff now, he's still too raw. I mean, I understand yeah. why they why they need him up here right now because they don't have anything else really to go to. But he's far too raw to be pitching um, in the major leagues right now. And it might be detrimental to him yeah. um, to have him up here. I mean, it's not and, he's 23 years old and – dominating the Miley. He's 19. Let him dominate for another year, year and a half. Right, like, and you look the at the, the three starts that they put him in. They put him in uh, New York in New York against the Mets. Sold out crowd. Um, I think it was the televised Sunday baseball game. So that's a very tough spot. Then you pitch him against the San Diego, or not San Diego, the Chicago Cubs in their second game. Um, which is obviously one of the best hitting lineups in the league. Um, then on his third start, you face him um, against their arch rivals in the Giants on Sunday prime time. I mean, if you're gonna, like you said, if you're gonna bring this 19-year-old kid up, you want him to like face the Padres in San Diego, and then his next start have like Atlanta coming to town, and then have like San Diego coming back to town. You don't want those three starts for this kid, um, like you said, it could be detrimental to the start of his career. Yeah, well, baseball's baseball's, in my opinion, is as much mental as it is physical. You need to obviously have the physical talent, but you can't just make it if you have physical talent. You need to have you need to have the headspace, and it's hard enough for a 19 year old to wrap his head around being in the major leagues, and you, then you stick him into that situation. I don't know, a little a little kooky to me. Um, on the Giants' side, they're a great ball club. Yeah, they're going to miss Hunter Pence, but with uh, Bumgarner, Cueto, and Samarja at the top of that rotation, they're going to avoid any significant losing streaks. And rumor has it they're uh, talking to the Brewers about bringing in Ryan Braun. Yeah, that would be certain, certainly interesting. I mean, he's a guy that's had his injury woes, but he, he's starting to heat up now. He. I think he's had two, well, he's like, two home runs. Steroids oh, yeah. or not. Steroids, right. PDs, whatever or not. He's a great player, and he needs to get out of that situation in Milwaukee. I'd like to see what he can do for, for a winning uh, title of the club. You know? Yeah. It's not, like, it's the Brewers have been very competitive throughout his career, maybe a year or two where they were good. Um, right. That's really about it, though. Yeah, that would certainly be interesting if, if they brought him over. I mean, he, he's got some injury woes, but he is one heck of a player, like you said, and he's getting hot right now. So um, that's a good thing for him, and it's a good Brewers who um, are, are probably looking to trade guys like him and Luke Roy and Chris Carter maybe and Jonathan VR. Um, it's good that, that Braun's getting hot, so they're going to get more for him than maybe they would have if he's in a slump or missing a lot of games with, a, with this back injury. Exactly, and we're running low on time, buddy. But let's let's talk quickly about uh, Seattle Mariners, battle of the top two teams in the uh, AL West. Really, it might just be the battle of the best team in the AL West, and then the teams that for the rest of the season. Because in my opinion, it's far superior to every other team in that division, especially with Darvish being back there. Fantastic. But I hope yeah. Lewis is doing enough. Hall has had his past start, but he's been a little better. But this and the depth and the youth that they have is just.
example, Ian Desmond's been great. We're starting to heat up over. Um, since we true back, I mean, I just want this Rangers ball club. And no, anyone had enough in that division to get back in, uh, back into the race. I mean, I think Houston is um, starting to play better, and I think Houston will get back into the playoff chatter a little bit. But I don't think I think that'll be as a wild card. I don't see them uh, being able to catch Texas. They haven't been able to beat Texas very much this year either. Texas has pretty much handled them. I believe Texas has won seven of eight or eight of nine games against them this year. Yeah. Um... And I, I totally agree with you. I think they'll get back into the race, but I think the Rangers are a far, far superior team. Um, you said all those guys that they got, that's the young influx that they have of players, and it's not um, young influx like a like a Byron Buxton and a Max Kepler. We're talking players that are hitting the cover off of the baseball right now and um, guys that they can't even send back down now because they're playing so well. Where you look at, you know, guys like Buxton who've been sent back down because um, they're they're stumbling. And Mazzara and Profar, uh, they're going to have to keep these guys up because of how they're playing. And they're going to have to fit them in. Uh, whether whether that takes Prince Fielder out of out of um, some bats, Mitch Moreland, they're gonna they're gonna find a way because, like you said, they got two coming back too. So um, I think the Rangers will definitely definitely um, <clears throat> run with this. Um, so it's definitely going to be an interesting, uh, interesting division to watch moving forward. Because I do, I do and like that, the Astros a little bit and the Mariners a little bit. Yeah, the thing with the Mariners is that Felix apparently is now going to be out for an additional four to six weeks. He's already supposed to miss four. Now he might be out for another four to six on top of right. that. Right. Um, yeah. I don't so know how gonna they're going to. I don't know how far they're going to be able to go without Felix Hernandez. Right. Yeah, and this, they. Uh, they they got Paxton off, who's a young flamethrower, and uh, um, when he was at 99 or 100 pitches, he was still being uh, um, well gunned at uh, 99 miles per hour, which is pretty crazy for for a guy like Paxton. So um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if if he stays up through Felix's uh, injuries and see how well he pitches, because he was a a young touted prospect for a while as well, and um, has battled through some injuries. So, see one healthy. Um, I I do like Paxton, and I think he's. It's going to be your last chance if we're talking fantasy. If he's out there in any of your leagues, um, this is probably your last chance to to go out and get him. Um, he's a he's a high strikeout guy. He's a flamethrower, um, and just see if he can stay healthy. Hundred percent, bro. Um, I, I, I think I think we're I think we're um, out of time here for the day. I would like to talk about a couple more matchups, but um, we'll have to we'll have to save that for next week, I guess, my man. Um, anything else you want to add before we shut things down for the day? No, brother, man. From the you know best in the west to the beast in the east, I'm gonna go get a tooth pulled and uh, get ready for our Saturday show. So let's. Uh, Let's let's have some fun on Saturday, and I look forward to talking to you then, my brother. Yeah, bro, absolutely. And to everyone listening, on behalf of Zach and myself, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Lou Landers, and we'll be back next week on Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.